The following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. I don't know about you, but this doesn't seem like Pastor Robles to me. It was just too cold. What happened? <laughs> Summer's over in Pastor Robles? Come on. I, no, I'm sure it's not. You know, it's this time of year, we always get some cool, cool times. This is more like where I come from, Santa Cruz. I think the high yesterday was 59. Really, 59. Uh, makes you kind of feel like summer's over. And I kind of like to look back at the end of summer a little bit and go, okay, I got to do some stuff, but what did I miss? You know, I made all those plans. What didn't I get to do that I really wanted to do? One of the things I really didn't get to do this year, and it's one of those things that when you miss it, it takes so long for it to come back, is I didn't really get to see the Olympics. We went on vacation kind of right in the middle of the Olympics. We got to saw the, see the opening ceremony, and we saw the closing ceremony. Missed all of the, the drama and hoopla and all those up-close and personal moments. Man, we really missed something, I guess. Michael Phelps, of course, and, and Gabby Douglas, Usain Bolt, all those amazing people. And as much as I like to watch it, I always have to think to myself, what are they competing for? Just for a picture on a box of cornflakes or, or Wheaties or something? Is that what they're really... I know they get gold medals and they get pictures and stuff, but who's thought of them since, really? And then with the things that are going on in the, in the bicycle, the cycling thing with Armstrong and stuff, you kind of wonder, really, are they focusing on the big stuff? Or are they really just focusing on some minor things that give them glory and, and, and meaning for a short time? But are they really missing out on the, the bigger things, the bigger things that, that are in store for us as as people. The disciples ran into the the Pharisees one day, who the Pharisees were down on them for the little things in, in life, the little trivial things of breaking what was really held in high esteem, the Sabbath. And it was for a real minor thing, a little thing. Listen as I read to you from Mark's Gospel. This is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He hadn't really even called 12 disciples yet. There were disciples, but he hadn't actually pulled 12 aside and said, you're going to be my my focus. And he was healing, and he was teaching, and he was talking to people, and he was going from place to place to place to place. And the disciples were trying to keep up with him. You can imagine trying to keep up, up with Jesus in his ministry. And this is one, that what happened one day. One Sabbath, it says, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? I don't know about you, but I think, Really? Picking some heads. I've done that. Haven't you walked through a field of grain or out in the, the woods where you have wild oats and stuff and you just kind of grab some and you strip some off? 
They were just having a little snack. They, they didn't have a fast food place to stop on on the way to the next event. They needed some nourishment. I've, I have to pick something up between services myself just to get me through on a, on a Sunday. And that's what the disciples were doing. They were just grabbing some grain, rubbing it, and eating it. But that was against the rules the Pharisees were trying to make everybody else abide by. The little things. Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. They didn't realize that, they probably didn't even realize that what they were doing was a, was a bad thing in the eyes of the, the established church. You know, they made up a bunch of rules about what it meant to observe the Sabbath. And they always were pointing out things that you should not do because it was the Sabbath. They were not really saying what you should do, but they were saying what you shouldn't do. We like to turn that over. We like to flip that over these days. We like to tell people what they should be doing on the Sabbath, that they should be connecting with God, that they should be connecting with each other, that they should be experiencing the presence, the very, very presence of God. And Jesus is saying, if the Sabbath wasn't made so that you have to fit it. The Sabbath was made so that you could enjoy it. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. When I was a kid, we used to have to dress up to go to church. My, my mom, bless her heart, she's gone now, but she would cringe if I would have worn blue jeans to church on Sunday morning. We spent Saturday night getting ready for church on Sunday morning, practicing tying our ties so that we could get the right style knot that was whatever in, in, in vogue. We would spend an hour polishing our shoes so that they were ready to go on Sunday morning. Now, you don't have to look at my shoes, okay? We would do those kinds of trivial things. And that's what Jesus is saying here, I think. He's saying, those are all the, the little things. Let those go. Let the little stuff go. Focus on the big stuff. Focus on the, the important part of observing the Sabbath. We like to make rules. It seems to make life easier, and then all I have to do is follow those, those rules. But sometimes it's better for us to go apart from the rules and to just let God bless us, to let God meet us in a very real sense, and that is what the Sabbath is about. It's not about what we do and don't do. It's not about the things that we, that we touch and the things that, that we, uh, the things that we say and walk and, and all of those physical things. It's about connecting with God. 
Peggy and I were blessed a few years ago to be in Israel on a Sabbath. We, actually, we were in Jerusalem on a Sabbath, staying in a, in a large hotel, and we went to the elevators. I don't even know how we got down, but we were in the lobby of the, uh, of the hotel. We went to the elevators, pushed the button, the doors open, we walk in, turn around, and there's people still outside. We say, come on, join us. We're, we're just going up to our room, and they go, no, no, go, go ahead. And so we pushed our room button, floor seven, and the doors closed, and we were on our way. And we went up one floor, and the elevator stopped, and the doors opened, and there were people there, but no one got on, and no one got off the elevator. We said, yeah, come on, we're going. No, 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 we'll wait. And so we pushed our floor again. Eventually, the doors closed. The elevator went up one floor. It stopped. The doors opened again. More people. It took us a while to figure out that we were on the Sabbath elevator. The Sabbath elevator, if you're ever in Israel, is an elevator they set up the day before to stop at every floor and wait. And the reason is so that you don't have to push any buttons when you get into the elevator. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what does pushing the buttons have to do with observing the Sabbath? But what you do when you push a button is that you create something. You create a, a circuit, an electrical circuit. You make things click and close and open and, and move. And, and it's an act they think of as being a creative act. And therefore, it's something that should not be done on the Sabbath. Now, it kind of makes sense, but you still think, boy, that's pretty, that's pretty slim, right? To just not have, you know, push a elevator, elevator button. I, I don't know. We think of the Sabbath as a, as a creative day. I mean, you come here expecting to see Caleb in Theater 3 create some impressive music, and they do, and we are blessed by that. You expect the staff to be creative in the programs and activities and all that are going on here at Highlands. You expect the, the sound booth and lighting. You expect all of that to be, to be working and they're up there pushing buttons and tripping levers and flashing lights, right? We think of Sabbath as a day not to just sit back and do nothing, but as a day to do something. And in a way, it's a day that helps us rise. It helps lift us up out of the drudgery of our lives, the struggles of the week, the difficulties we have at home, and to bring us up into the presence of God. Now, time out can, can give us a lot of things. It can actually lengthen our life. Resting and taking time can actually add to our life, not detract from our life. I always wondered why my dad on Sunday would lay down on the floor and take a nap. We wanted to go do stuff, but he thought it was more important to take a nap. I now get it. <laughs> I now get it, okay? But as a kid, you don't. It's like we, we want to do stuff. We want to go places, and, and we want to be active because we didn't have those everyday, weekly sorts of things. Sabbath is a day to slow down just a bit and to experience the gift that God has given to us. 
And it's, just, it's not just one gift, it's, it's many gifts. So you look at the first account of Sabbath, you'll have to look in Genesis chapter 2. God had just finished creating everything that was created. He did it in six days. And this is what it says in the second chapter of Genesis. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had begun doing, and on the seventh day, He rested. Now, that word rested is not really quite true. God was not tired. It did not exhaust Him to create everything. That word really means ceased. He stopped, okay? God stopped creating on the seventh day. He, uh, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he ceased from all the work of creating that he had done. You know, I like to think of God not needing to, to, to take a breath or anything, but stepping back from creation and saying, wow, and being blessed by what he saw, being blessed by what he had created. That's what Sabbath is about. You see, for us to, in a sense, step back and say, wow, God, what you are doing is awesome. It is amazing. It is a blessing to me. It's a time of celebration of a special gift he has given to us. But so often it feels like an obligation. We feel like we have to be somewhere, that we have had that drummed into us since we were little, that Sunday you have to be in church, and if you're not, you feel guilty, and then that makes the rest of the week even worse. And so you go and you are there. When someone asks you to raise your hand to volunteer in the sound booth, you kind of go, oh, I, gotta lift my, I, I, I don't want to feel like I've missed doing what God wants me to do. When I was a kid growing up, our folks tried to get us to church on Sunday night. We don't have church Sunday night here very often, but my, my tradition had Sunday night. Every Sunday night was church. We didn't want to go. We were going to miss the wonderful world of Disney <laughs> in color. And we only had a black and white set, but you know what? It was... It was one of those things that we knew we would be left out of the conversation on Monday about what was on Sunday night. And so we pushed aside going to church on Sunday night. And I see that in a lot of the churches that I go to these days as well. I'm I'm in lots of different churches as a pastor who works with churches in transition I see many styles of, of being a congregation. I see many different ways people interact and stuff. And so often I see that we would rather do the work of God than actually celebrate with God. We would rather see that all the little things happen and never stop and sit back and let God wow us. And to see that greatness of God through the Sabbath. You know, the Bible, the Sabbath didn't really happen as a day of celebration for the people of Israel until after they were leaving Egypt, 
after they were leaving their captivity as slaves in Egypt. God gave them this celebration and told them they should celebrate it and keep it holy in the Ten Commandments. And that's the first place it actually appears of celebrating specifically the, the Sabbath day. And it's the longest section, by the way, of the Ten Commandments. Longer than about adultery, longer than about murder, longer about co- than about coveting. More about the Sabbath and celebrating Deuteronomy 5. This is how it starts and how it ends. It says, observe the Sabbath day. Keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. And then he talks about resting in there, but really about ceasing, about spending time with God. And the text ends this way. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you, observe the Sabbath day. I don't know about you, but there's nothing in there about doing nothing. It's about remembering. It's about observing. It's about keeping the Sabbath. That's what God wants us to focus on. Not so much about not doing something, right? It's about connecting. We remember in all sorts of ways. We gather this morning, in a sense, to remember what God has done for us, how He has brought us out of the captiveness of the sin in our lives and the sin around us, how He has redeemed us and set us into the promised land. That is what we celebrate in the Sabbath. And we keep the Sabbath by setting a time, a bit of the day, to focus on how God has blessed us as His people. I don't know about you, but so often I just let the day zip by. It becomes a blur to me, maybe because it's, it's a work day for me, but so often it just goes by so fast that I get to the end of it and I go, did I stop and take time to be wowed by God? Did I take that time? I think of my wedding. I don't know, think back to your wedding. My wedding was over 35 years ago. It seems like yesterday, but I, I remember it so well and it went by so fast because of the blessedness of it and the, and the joy of that day. That's how the Sabbath needs to be. That's what the Sabbath needs to be for us, to set it apart for a time in which we enjoy God, in which we let God be wowed by us, and in which God is wowed, and we are wowed by Him. There was another Olympics back in 1924. Some of you here may remember that Olympics. There was another famous swimmer, a a gold medalist, who won three gold medals. At the time, it was an awesome, awesome feat. That person's name was Johnny Weismuller. Now, those records have all been broken. But Johnny Weismuller is remembered not so much for those records anymore. But he's remembered for being Tarzan. 
I grew up thinking that Africa was nothing but jungles and water. Go ahead, play them. Jungles, water, and vines that you can swing from tree to tree. I'd actually practice that yell. I hate to admit it. Johnny Weismuller, amazing, mostly forgotten. In 1981, a movie came out called Chariots of Fire. It focused on the 1924 Olympics, but it wasn't about Johnny Weismuller. It was about two men, Harold Abrams and Eric Little. Now, Rowan Atkins made a little fun of this in the Olympics if you watch the opening. He put himself into this scene. But these two men are amazing, an amazing story. Harold Abrams run for very personal reasons in the Olympics. He was asked on the eve of running the 100 meters if he was ready for that day. And his answer, I think, is so poignant to the world of sports and to the world around us on what they focus on. This is what he said. I used to be afraid to lose, and now I'm afraid to win because I have 10 seconds to prove the reason for my existence. And even then, I'm not sure. That's pretty sad that the reason for your existence is proven in 10 seconds in a race that is so quickly forgotten and left in the dust of history. Eric Little ran for a different reason and a different purpose. He was going to be a missionary in China, and he did become a missionary in China. In fact, he died and was buried in China. His entire family were missionaries in China. And his sister confronted him on the eve of the Olympics to see if, if running the Olympics was really all that important to Eric Little. And she said to him, Eric, you're giving up so much to go to the Olympics. And he said, Jenny, God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. You see, that's what Sabbath is about. Little went on to run the 400 meter, not the 100 which he had trained for. And right before the race begins, an American sprinter walks up to Eric Little and hands him a piece of paper as he's standing in the starting section. He unrolls it and it says this. It says in the good book, those that honor me, I will also honor. Eric takes the piece of paper and runs the 400 meter and crosses the finish line in first place. That is the real Eric Little holding that piece of paper that Jackson Schultz gave to him. To Eric Little, everything in life was an act of worship and an act of Sabbath. It didn't matter whether it was running, he ran for God. Whether it was going to, uh, to China, as a missionary, it was all part of his connecting with who God is in his life. 
You see, the Sabbath doesn't have to happen Sunday morning. This is a great time to have Sabbath, to gather together as God's people. And I don't want to diminish that in any way. But Sabbath can happen tomorrow for you at work. A moment where God shows you his pleasure and where you sense God's blessing in your life. It can happen at home. It can happen at school. It can happen as you're shopping, as you're walking. God wants to touch you with Sabbath, to lift you up and to bless you. We so often let it go by. God wants us to be wowed by him. And in so doing, I think God says, wow, and experiences pleasure in us celebrating everything about who he is and what he has done for us. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your gift of the Sabbath. So often we just go our own way in it. So often we let it slip by and don't really sense your presence, don't really feel your power, don't really know of your pleasure. Lord, forgive us for doing that. We pray that this day and each moment might be that to you. That it's not just sitting here in this place, but it's speaking to other people, sharing of our lives. It's dealing with our families. It's touching those around us with your very presence that gives you pleasure, that gives you joy in our lives, and in return gives us joy. Lord, bless us as your people. Help us to be touched in Sabbath by your love and your eternal presence. This has been a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org.